Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. It's River to River from IPR News. I'm Ben Kiefer. As regular listeners to this program know, Mondays during the legislative session, we like to tackle prominent bills being debated at our Iowa State House. Today, Governor Reynolds' plan to overhaul the state's area education agencies, the so-called AEAs. And I'm delighted to have for my co-host this hour, Grant Gerlach, uh, IPR's graduate education reporter who is at the State House Law Library. Grant, uh, good day to you. Uh, good day to you, Ben. Later, uh, in just a moment, as a matter of fact, we'll talk with an AEA administrator, uh, also later in the program, lawmakers uh, on both sides of the aisle, about these proposed changes to our state system for providing health, uh, providing services for children with disabilities. But first, Grant, let's all get up to speed. Uh, What are AEAs and who do they serve? AEA, that stands for Area Education Agency. They are at a level between your local school district and the State Department of Education. And there are, there are nine regions across the state that each have their own AEA. Within each of those re- regions, that AEA works with the local school district in a, in a few main areas. They offer education services, which could be something like teacher training. They offer um, media services, which could be lending Uh, different kinds of curriculum to schools or technology support uh, or printing services. The majority of what they do, though, is special education. They employ specialists that work with teachers and students, everything from school psychologists to occupational therapists, and they make those staff members available to schools who don't have their own people or enough of them to, to do that work within their district. Okay, Grant, um, let's hear a little bit of the governor from last week. She spoke with reporters last Wednesday, explained, uh, and after she speaks, I'll have you elaborate on on her reasons for wanting these changes and catch us up to speed on what's happened so far with our lawmakers. But here she is last week explaining why an overhaul of Iowa's AEAs remains a priority. The results are unacceptable, and so we knew that we needed to realign the way that we were providing the services for students with disabilities. Uh, You can look at the scores, you can look at the NAEP scores, where over the last five years, students with disabilities have ranked 30th or below in nine out of the 12 assessments. If you look at the state scores, if there's some concerns with that, our spring of uh, this year, 2023, Uh, There was a 41% deficiency in students with disabilities. And if you point to the U.S. Department of Education, uh, Iowa has been designated needs assistance since 2018, again, based on student scores, uh, as well as general uh, supervision or oversight of the special education program. So we looked at the results, and that is on top of Iowa spending almost over $5,300 more per student than the national average with poor results. Grant Gerlach, elaborate a little bit on what Governor Reynolds uh, sees as the need for change here. Well, so the the overriding idea that you heard there from the governor's perspective is that the special education system is underperforming. 
Uh, she pointed out some specific pieces of data. When you look at federal testing scores, um, the state of Iowa lagging behind other states or the national average for students with um, IEPs. Uh, th these are students in the special education system. Um, and similar results when you look at um, the disparities within the state scores. And then the amount of spending that has been recorded that the state is is putting into the the system per student. Mm -hmm. um, so that this is her main motivation is to try to bring those scores up, and or uh, bring the amount that the state is spending down to make the system more efficient, more effective. Um, so she initially came out with plans in her condition of the state address that have since been revised. But her initial plan was to limit the AEAs to providing special education services only and to let school districts opt out of that system if they choose and take their funding and, and go their own way to hire a, a private provider or to keep everything in-house or to partner different in a different way with a neighboring district. It would give them more control over how that funding is actually spent. It would also give more control over the, um, over the AEAs to the Department of Education. But since then, the plans have been changing, and she came out with an amendment. And one big change from the original to that amendment has to do with the services. Instead of limiting the AEAs, she now says the AEAs would be allowed to provide all the services that they currently do. Mm -hmm. With some caveats, it would not provide funding for the media services, and there would be some approvals that would be required at the Department of Education. But for the most part, there, there would be no immediate cuts to the services unlike there was in the original bill. So that's that's one of the main changes. It still would give districts that option with their funding to go their own way, and it would also give more power to the Department of Education, including um, giving the director of the Department of Ed Education power to hire and fire the administrators at the AEAs to eliminate certain positions, and it would give the, the department overall oversight of the special education system in the state through a new division that would be created. Grant Gerlach at the State House Law Library. We want to reach out to our listeners this hour. Your questions, your concerns about the proposed changes of uh, Iowa in Iowa's uh, nine area education agencies, the AEAs. Perhaps um, you, as a listener, have a child who depends on this sort of special education. One eight six six seven eighty ninety one hundred. One eight six six seven eighty ninety one hundred. Or email us river to river at Iowa Public Radio. Org. Now joining us, uh, me and Grant, uh, Nathan Wood is the chief administrator of one of the nine AEAs. This is the Great Prairie AEA. Nathan Wood, welcome to our program. Nathan Wood, are you there? Mm, okay, we're not hearing Nathan Wood at this time. Um, uh, Grant, we'll get connected here in just a moment. We're going to be talking with Nathan Wood, hopefully in just a moment. Uh, this area, uh, Grant, is in the southeast part of the state, as far as I know. 32 public school districts, about 32,000 students covered by this AEA, and uh, this is his first year in the role. Let's see if Nathan is there now. Nathan Wood, are you there? Can you hear me? Yes, Nathan Wood, is that you? Yeah, sorry about that. I don't know. We had some tech on one side or the other. <laughs> All right, we have you now. Nathan Wood, tell us a little bit about your AEA and uh, your view of uh, the debate going on. It's caused a lot of interest here. Yeah, it's been an interesting last uh, three to four weeks here. We've uh, 
you know, as Grant did a nice job summarizing uh, where the bill landed, you know, through the condition of the state and then some of the changes that have been proposed uh, the last couple of weeks. Um, and it's definitely been a time consumer as we try to work with legislators and educate them on the services that AEAs provide across the state of Iowa. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, yeah, so I, go ahead, Grant. Sorry. Oh, sorry about that, Ben. Thank you. Uh, so when you look at the uh, the role that the AEAs play in special education, we talked about how the governor says her overriding concern is is the test scores of students with IEPs. How much of the responsibility do you believe lies with the AEAs for those scores compared to districts or others involved in the special education system? Yeah, thanks, Grant. So I would say that the AEAs uh, really truly believe that we can co co uh, co own the achievement gap in special education. Um, you know that with the Department of Education and school districts. Um, one of the things that's came out uh, that was just a misconception across the state is that AEA service providers. Uh, don't necessarily provide direct instruction to students in the areas of reading, math, uh, behavior, and academics. Uh, we provide specialized services in those uh, that you mentioned earlier, like occupational therapy, physical therapy, speech-language pathology, uh, and hearing. Um, so when you kind of parse that out, are there areas where you believe the AEAs could actually uh, play a role through something that's in this overhaul or something that's not to to bring those scores up if that's one of the overriding concerns yeah absolutely i think uh, one thing that i've i've heard loud and clear from uh, several leaders in the state in the aea system including myself is just that we're open to reform i think we uh, we know we're not a perfect system and that we uh, changes can be made uh, to close the achievement gap um, and working together with the department of education and school districts to make sure that we do that as quickly as possible uh, the, the fear of the, the proposed legislation is truly an economy of scale change to where uh, there's not a guarantee of equitable services uh, to especially specifically small rural districts across the state uh, where um, in the terms of the private sector or uh, where competition becomes involved, uh, there is no guarantee uh, and there's really no oversight. Then uh, we play a hand by you know, side by side, hand by hand with school districts to ensure that no matter where students are in the state, uh, they receive those those consistent services um, from AEA and school districts. Well, maybe you could describe how how this plan could disrupt that if it goes through. So it would allow a district to potentially leave their AEA. They would take their special education funding and they could hire someone else. They could spend it on their own special ed system. So let's say within your AEA, the, the top two or three largest districts opted out and and their special education funding went with them, hypothetically, how would that impact your ability to maintain the same services you provide now for the remaining districts? Would they notice any difference? Yeah, so that's a great question. I think that's, that's one of the um, pieces. The proposed plan really removes the economy of scale advantages that come with having a statewide system um, where... Uh, so I'm going to use a small rural school in Appanoose County in Southeast Iowa, Holton Udell School District. Uh, they service about 120 or 180 school students in their district. Um, you know, their total allocation for all funds is going to be around $135,000. Uh, Great Prairie AEA provides over 15 qualified, highly qualified staff who are experts in their field to that school district. So if the school district were challenged with uh, trying to provide, trying to hire those people, uh, it's it's a very small uh, amount of the 
full-time employer, the FTE allocation that serves that district. Uh, but when you remove the larger districts, uh, so if a, so, a t- Moulton Udell is near a Tumble Community School District. Uh, they may have five speech pathologists in Ottumwa. Uh, we able to send someone to Moulton a half day a week. If Ottumwa were to opt out of that, of that situation, it really changes the economy scale. Nathan Wood, please stay with us, Chief Administrator of the Great Prairie AEA. Uh, today, you know, we're welcoming your questions, uh, concerns about the proposed changes being debated in the Iowa legislature of Iowa's nine area education agencies. Ben Kiefer co-hosting with uh, Grant Gerlach uh, today as we explore this debate and the proposed changes. Join us, 1-866-780-9100, or email river to river at iowapublicradio.org. Support for this IPR podcast comes from Iowa Community Foundations, an initiative of the Iowa Council of Foundations, connecting donors to causes they care about. Details on the Endow Iowa Tax Credit Program at communityfoundations.org. Support for IPR comes from the Healing Room at Upstream Functional Medicine, offering medical spa services that support the body's natural ability to detoxify from environmental challenges. Learn more about the Healing Room at upstreamfm.com. Back with more River to River from IPR News, I'm Ben Kiefer with my co-host today, IPR's education reporter Grant Gerlock, talking about uh, proposed changes to the state's system for providing services for children with disabilities, the so-called Area Education Agencies, AEAs, for short. There are nine of them in the state. Join us, especially if you have a child who depends on this sort of special education, 1-866-780-9100, 1-866-780-9100, or email us, river to river at iowapublicradio.org. Uh, Grant and I uh, currently in conversation with Nathan Wood, uh, a chief, chief administrator for one of the AEAs, the Great Prairie AEA. Uh, Grant, over to you. Yeah, so the governor often points out that uh, chief administrators of the AEAs are pretty well paid. Uh, they often earn as much or more than superintendents at the state's largest districts. Now, I'll, I'll leave it up to you if you want to tell us how much you're making. But uh, do you believe, or, or what are your what are your opinions on the pays pay levels of the uh, chiefs of the AEAs? Are you all overpaid? The key things that our boards of education and and ours have talked about um, is just. Uh, trying to recruit the hiring and the best people that you can at the agency. Uh, one of the things that we have talked about, the chief administrators as a whole, um, all eight chief administrators now, was nine at the start of the year, have been very open and very um, transparent with our legislators and the people that we serve, that we're open to reform efforts. Uh, if that is a talking point that, that uh, the governor or the legislature would like to address, uh, we believe that that can be done and, and done without having to change the services that are provided to kids in schools. One eight six six seven eighty ninety one hundred. Let's go to our first caller. Aaron is joining us from Waukee. Welcome to our program, Aaron. And uh, you, what's your connection to um, AEAs in the state? Sure. Both of my sons, who are now teenagers, fifteen and eighteen, when they were early elementary age, both received speech therapy through our local AEA that was provided at no cost to us. Um, neither of them could make complete words. You'd get a beginning and a middle or a middle and an end of a word, but not a lot of full words. And so without the help of our AEA, my 15 and 18-year-old children would be speaking like very young children. And 
you know, how would they communicate going through their adult life if they couldn't, you know, speak like an adult or at least be able to make put those sentences and things together. So my concern is how would these cuts or changes affect people like us who wouldn't be able to afford speech therapy outside of the AEA, looking into that to trying to do that privately, you know, that would eliminate a lot of resources for a lot of low income or no income families. Thank you very much, Aaron, in, in Waukee. And uh, Nathan, um, uh, these are, as uh, Aaron outlined there, um, you know, AEAs can make a tremendous difference in the lives of young people. And I'm sure you've, you've heard that a number of times. See it. Okay, Nathan Wood, are you still there? Still having problems with our uh, connection. Okay, we're going to thank Nathan Wood, Chief Administrator for Great Prairie AEA, and move on uh, to our next guest. Darren Jones is with us, Superintendent of the AHSTW Community School District. Darren, are you there? Darren, Darren Jones. Okay, there's a little bug in the system today. Um, there's Darren. Hi, Darren. Welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. Uh, we lost Darren as well. Uh, so what we're gathering here, uh, Grant, I think we'll have Darren here in just a moment. Once again, get him reconnected uh, via uh, phone here. But, uh, Grant, we have the AEAs in the state making, as our caller Aaron and Walkie said, making a, a tremendous difference in the lives of young people who uh, show some need for special education. Yeah, that's been one of the strong reactions to this bill. I'd, I'd say it's happened on a, a couple of different levels. One reaction has been to the initial um, proposal to to just limit AEAs to special education. There was a lot of reaction and pushback um, from schools and teachers about the value of those other services. And that led to some of the changes we talked about in the amendment. Mm -hmm. But even as things stood, there was this groundswell of support for the AEAs from parents of children with disabilities even though those services were not facing specific cuts uh, in either version of this bill, they're, they're very much passionate supporters of the AEAs because of their experiences and the services their children have received. Yeah. I wonder, as we wait for Darren Jones to join us, too, um, do we have, um, uh, is, is this a, a partisan issue especially or, um, or not? Um, not exactly straight down the line. I mean, I would say I'd, I don't hear uh, Democratic lawmakers saying that they support um, the kind of overhaul that even the amended version of the governor's plan um, represents. Uh, but that's not to say that all Republicans are, are really uh, falling in line behind what the governor is proposing either. So I think where, where we're kind of seeing the the separation here is sort of in the legislative process. The governor has made a proposal that um, the Republicans in the legislature would like to continue to work on and and potentially make more changes to. And that's that's sort of where the conversation is now. Okay. I think we do have Darren Jones uh, on with us. Superintendent Jones, are you with us? 
I am. Yes. Thank so, you. Sorry about that technical hiccup. Uh, superintendent of the AHSTW Community School District. This is a, a rural public school district in, in western Iowa, this sort of northeast of Council Bluffs. When I looked on the map here, uh, tell us about the services you receive from AEAs and, and how you see them fitting into your overall picture for special education. Yeah, uh, I appreciate the time today. Uh, you know, for AHSTW, we receive we receive services in the, in in the area of special education. Um, obviously, um, our biggest concern at this point in time is really what services will remain with the special education side of things. Um, will we re- will will we continue to have our consultant um, and uh, school psychologists who help us uh, create evaluations and and finish evaluations of students? to making sure that we identify and, and uh, the right goals. Um, also, we want to ensure that speech and language services are provided, occupational therapy, physical therapy. Those are all services through the special education side that are really important to our kids. And, um, you know, with, with changes kind of out there, um, we, we are concerned of, as far as what services we, we would be able to replicate if, if changes were made. So, Superintendent Jones, one of the main parts of this proposal is that districts could spend money um, however they like for special ed services. They could stay with their AEA. They could use that funding to go a different route, whether they provide the services themselves or hire a private provider or partner with other neighboring districts in a different way. Would you ever consider doing something other than the AEA for your district and, uh, and, and why? I think, I mean, obviously, I think we we may consider it, but one of the things, just to review it, right, not because of services that we have, because I'm completely comfortable with those. What I would like, what, I, what I'm fearful of is that we won't have the funding necessary to replicate all the services that we currently get. Um, and for that reason, I would I would elect to stay with the AEA for special ed services just because I would have more services at, available to me, and um, also a little bit fearful of what um, what private practice um, would cost us um, because obviously a, an increase in in costs would would reduce the amount of services that we could purchase. You're in the the Green Hills AEA, is that right? We are, yes. And that's one of the smaller AEAs in terms of enrollment. How concerned are you that it could be merged or dissolved? And that's not anything specific in the plan. But if, if that did happen, what, is the potential, uh, what are the potential ripples of that for your district? Would you expect any, any impact? I think, yeah, I, I do. Uh, if there's a merger, which I was a part of a merger once, um, I was with the Montezuma Community School District when uh, Central Rivers was, was formed and created at that time AEA 267. And there, there ended up being one central location. We, we traveled to Cedar Falls for professional development and activities in, the, in that manner as opposed to traveling to Marshalltown. So we saw a distance there for our staff. Um, and, and it just it stretches things out. We, we, were, we became an AEA then that stretched from the Minnesota border to Montezuma on its southern end, which is south of I-80. So 
Um, yes, there, I mean, there's obviously a concern as far as availability um, to, uh, to all of the access to the items that, w- that we needed at the time. So it, it is a concern. If our AEA were to um, be one that would be dissolved for whatever reason, uh, which I, I'm not sure why because I think we're all pretty much happy with, with the service we're receiving, I don't know where we would go. Um, would we go north uh, with Northwest AEA, or would we go east to Heartland? And I, I think in the end, though, how, whichever way it goes, it, it does stretch services and um, the timeliness of receiving those services. Uh, and just one quick question, um, if you can keep it brief: the the, the media services that schools re- receive. Uh, even in the most recent version, that the funding wouldn't be there for those services. You'd, the services would still be provided, but you'd have to find some other way to pay for it. Can you give us a quick example of some services you get from your AEA in that area? And if that's something you have to pay for separately, where would that put your district? Yeah, in regards to media services, we would lose book sets. Um, we would lose access to videos, and, and we would have to find another place to, to get those, um, whether, that, whether we would um, purchase uh, additional sets um, or, or um, work with other school districts. So that would be an issue, um, and, and we would work from there. But there's also other pieces with media that we would also have to look to replace in relationships to technology and, um, and various aspects of that. But it, it would be a reduction. Superintendent Darren Jones of the AHSTW Community School District in Western Iowa. Superintendent Jones, thank you very much for your views today. Thank you for the opportunity. It's River to River from IPR News. I'm Ben Kiefer talking about proposed changes to Iowa's nine area education agencies. Uh, um, if you have a... Um, a stake in this, these changes to special education uh, in the state, to join us, River to River at iowapublicradio.org or, e, uh, or 1-866-780-9100. Uh, Senator Lynn Evans joins us now, a Republican from the 3rd District. Um, and This is in the northwest part of the state, I believe. Senator Evans, welcome to our program. Yeah, thank you for the invitation. Let's uh, hand it over to Grant Gerlock, our education reporter, to um, see what's on his mind for you, Senator Evans. Well, thanks. So, Senator Evans, you were part of the subcommittee for uh, the Senate version of this bill last week, and you made a gesture. You had a copy of the original from the governor, and you dropped it in a garbage can, and this is a 100-plus page bill, so it made a pretty good thump. Um, (laughs) Why did you want to make that gesture and, and... uh, yeah, what did that mean to you? Uh, the process with the subcommittee uh, really required us to act on the original bill because the original bill had never been addressed, even though there was an amendment. So I was trying to make a statement that even though the original bill is still on the table, we would really like to focus more discussion on the amended version. If you wanted to talk about the original bill, great, but uh, we were ready to move forward with the discussion at that point, knowing that the original bill, I think everybody in the room, including uh, even the governor, even though she wasn't necessarily in the room, knew changes were needed to be made based on information we'd been receiving input and, and that. So uh, hopefully it did move the discussion forward. So as a, as a former superintendent, give us your perspective on this process and the, and the AEAs and looking for ways to advance what the governor says is, is her goal here to improve the scores of students on IEPs. 
What are the key areas of improvement you see for the AEA system in that regard? Well, education in the state of Iowa is really a three-legged stool, the way I, I look at it. Um, you have the AEAs. They were originally set up as a service delivery model. Um, you have the Department of Education. Uh, their, their job is largely regulatory. And uh, then you have the local education agencies, which are your school districts, and they're the ones that are providing the direct instruction. Each plays a major role in moving our student achievement scores forward. Um, I don't think it surprises anyone that there's a gap between students with special needs and uh, regular education students, uh, but we have noticed uh, that there's a much wider gap than what uh, we should be seeing based on the amount of dollars that we're putting forward towards education. And um, the governor has given us an opportunity not just to look at the AEAs, but we now have an open door to look at education in Iowa in general and how we can raise student achievement across the board, not just with special ed students. So I'm looking at this as a, as a bigger challenge than uh, what some are. That's a much bigger challenge if you're yeah. talking about sort of universally. Uh, so does that mean you're looking uh, not at specific changes with the AEA? Where does that leave you on the AEA proposals? We are focusing themselves? right now our discussion on, on the AEA bill and how we can make this uh, a more efficient and effective model for students in the state of Iowa and their families. Uh, we want to make sure the services are getting to the classroom and supporting our children and our teachers. Um, timelines were a question on whether those could be met effectively, and that's been uh, discussed at length. We have met uh, with, gosh, 20, in, this is in person at the Capitol, roughly 20 superintendents from across the state, uh, over half of the chief administrators. The input that we receive has been fantastic. Everyone is open to uh, looking at this holistically and offering some suggestions for change. No one has come in and said we need to keep the system exactly the way it is, which is refreshing because I feel that way as well. Is the governor's amendment still the jumping off point for this discussion? That's where we still are as a platform, although uh, in the last week and a half we have had multiple discussions that I, is going to add into uh, further changes in the language. And so as uh, someone who's been a superintendent, you understand how your district worked with the AEAs and the different services you received through the AEA. Um, how concerned are you about being able to preserve the benefits that you saw from that system? Well, in the, in the bill, uh, it requires that we are offering special education services. So um, although potentially there could be some changes in what that looks like, every child's IEP is a legal document, and we are required to meet whatever those modifications and accommodations are in that child's IEP moving forward. Uh, so we have a legal responsibility in terms of special education services that we have to preserve and protect. Thank you for your view, Senator Lynn Evans of uh, Iowa's 3rd District. Uh, thank you so much for, for being part of our program. When we come back, uh, Grant Gerlach and I will talk to two other lawmakers, Senator, Mo Senator Molly Donahue, a Democrat, and Senator Ken Rosenboom, a Republican. Join our conversation as we discuss the proposals to change Iowa's area education agencies. Support for IPR comes from the Healing Room at Upstream Functional Medicine, 
offering medical spa services that support the body's natural ability to detoxify from environmental challenges. Learn more about The Healing Room at upstreamfm.com. Back with more River to River from IPR News, I'm Ben Kiefer with my co-host this hour, IPR's education reporter, Grant Gerlach, talking about the proposed overhaul of the state system for providing services for children with disabilities. Iowa has nine area education agencies, and as Grant uh, explained earlier in the program, these are sort of between the state education department and the public school districts. Perhaps you have a child who depends on this sort of special education. We'd like your input. 1-866-780-9100, or email us, river to river at iowapublicradio.org. In this final segment of the program, we have two lawmakers. Uh, we have Senator Ken Rosenboom, uh, a Republican from the 19th District. Uh, Senator Rosenboom, welcome to you. Good afternoon, Ben. It's good to be here. Also joining us, Senator Molly Donahue, a, a Democrat from District 73. Are you there as well, uh, Senator Donahue? I am, and my district actually 37. 37. Okay, very good. Got those numbers twisted around. L- let's start with you, Senator Donahue. I understand you're a, um, a teacher who works in special education, a valuable perspective on this debate. Tell us, what are your views about what's been happening the last few weeks? Well, I can tell you that I have received well over 3,000 emails as well as phone calls and every forum we've had packed rooms from people who are very much concerned about this bill and what it would do to their students, uh, to their children, to their grandchildren. Um, So it is, there's been a lot of advocacy against this bill is what I've seen. And as a actual special ed teacher, I can tell you that it would damage my students. Yes. How how would it damage students? Be be more specific in the concerns that you're hearing and the ones that you have working in special education. What's top of the list of concerns? The top of the list of concerns are if any portion of AEAs are dismantled, that affects every special education student regardless of special ed programming because special ed kids also receive all of the same systems and departments that regular ed, general ed students receive. So if you remove some of those systems, then they are not getting the same systems that they once were, which also work together with the special ed services. Um, Some of those things would be assisted technology. We have to have, um, in the media section, they have technology, and a lot of IT workers go around and look at particularly the smaller districts who don't have um, access to people who would be able to help them with, with that um, in their districts. But you just take the assistive technology section, you still have to have a whole new section developed in special education just around assistive technology, which means they'd have to hire, in the AEAs would have to hire or somebody would have to hire people who are capable and knowledgeable about all of the new technologies available to special needs students. That's just one area. Um, you know, that's $33 million removed from the public schools to utilize for curriculum and for technology and for uh, print material, libraries, even online libraries. Those would all disappear under this. Senator Rosenboom, uh, as we've been discussing, the bill advanced through your Senate subcommittee, 
Uh, the House subcommittee did not choose to advance the bill so far. Uh, after your subcommittee, you said you want to have more conversation about the bill. Um, same question I asked Senator Evans earlier. For you, is the governor's bill still the starting point for this, the amended version? And who is it you want to talk to, and uh, what do you want to hear from them as you're planning the next steps? Well, Grant, uh, the governor's bill still provides the basis for what the discussion moving forward because that's the legislative process. That's how this works. And uh, what I think the, your, hit, your listeners need, <clears throat> need to know is that this is the legislative process at work. We had governor's initial proposal. Now we have her second proposal. Now it's time for the legislature to weigh in on the process. As uh, I've made uh, public comments for months really on this that uh, I, I will continue to listen. Uh, as Senator Evans just mentioned, we met uh, last Thursday, we met with another dozen superintendents again. Uh, over the weekend, I've met with a number of stakeholders. I met with a number of service providers from my district recently. And, and that's what we do is we take input from our constituents, from the stakeholders, and we try to craft something that we think reflects the discussions that we've had, reflects the problems that are pointed out. And, and that's where we're at today. That's how we conduct business up here. It's like any other legislation. Uh, there will be amendments, I can assure you, that uh, perhaps significant amendments that will uh, address a lot of those concerns. Okay, let's go to our callers. Uh, we have Senator Ken Rosenboom, Republican Senator Molly Donahue, a Democrat. We have about 10 minutes left of our program. Uh, let's make sure we get some listener input. Alana is with us in Iowa City. Hi, Alana. Welcome to the program. Running out of time, but we're sure glad you're, you're with us. I understand you have a personal experience to share, perhaps a concern as well. Yes. Well, currently right now, I am a library teacher in Iowa City School District, um, taught many years in Chicago schools for 18 years, actually came here because I was sick of not getting support, um, as well as I have two kids with IEPs. Um, and a personal story is uh, all my experience uh, before I came here Two weeks before my young, my oldest son began preschool, he lost his ability to speak and to communicate whatsoever, like to point to something. Mm. Now, AEA provided our family, not just him, services like sign language, applied behavior analysis, evaluations. And this is one element that they want to cut from the bill. Now, I'm going to be honest, I'm in Iowa City. We have tons of resources here, but I cannot even fathom for the smaller communities what they're going to do. And it takes two years to get an evaluation. And if you have Medicaid, forget it because you could get it for kids with disabilities. And if you have Medicaid, a lot of the parents say it's okay. We check off on the kids' IEP that Medicaid reimburses the schools. So I personally have a problem if they use my kids' funding for something else when I allow Medicaid to pay for a lot of the services. And like the special ed mm -hmm. senator okay. teacher implied, you know what? It's all interconnected. Libraries, they, it's so expensive. 
the technology. Schools can't afford this. Alana, thank you, you know, very much from Iowa City. Thanks. We're running out of time. Sorry to cut you off a little bit there, Alana. No, no. Thank you so much for your personal experience. Uh, react to that, Senator Rosenboom, about the concerns. Uh, as she said, she's in Iowa City, plenty of resources, relatively speaking. But, uh, you know, in your district, you're in central Iowa. I don't know if uh, your constituents have the, the resources. And, and Alana worries about that. Senator Donahue mentioned the 3,000 emails. I can assure you that I've received those same emails, I'm sure. But the premise of a lot of those emails, the premise of Aaron, our first caller today, the premise that I'm hearing now from the current caller, is that all of these, or many of these services go away. That's simply not true. As Senator Evans said, we were required by law to provide those services. It's a, If it's adaptive technology that has been mentioned, Iowa... Uh, what is it? It's the Iowa Association, the uh, Blind and Deaf or Association will take over the, uh, the, 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 that equipment. So I, I, I'm bothered by the fact that the premise seems to be, the word dismantled comes up a lot. The word closing, the word cuts, I don't think any of that's true. We're looking at the, the system itself, how we administer those uh, programs and I, I just think it's critically important that we do not let the discussion center around something that is not going to happen. We will provide those services. Senator Donnie, you have a question about one of the, the main aspects of this bill, which is that districts could choose um, where they direct their special education funding. They could stay with their AEA or they could provide the services themselves and so on. If a district believes they could do a better job or do the same job for, for less. Um, what's the problem with allowing them to, to make that choice, or at least putting it in the hands of the districts, uh, how, they, how they get this done? Well, there's a couple concerns. Um, in the bill, uh, there's actually a provision that the Department of Management can come in and take that funding that would typically go to the AEAs uh, right out of the system so that your district no longer even has those dollars. So you wouldn't be able to necessarily purchase all of those things outside of the agency. But the other issues would be there are so many rural communities that simply do not have any of these uh, available to them. You don't, I mean, they don't even have a print shop. So uh, out in the rural communities, a lot of, they have to come into town to get some of the things that they need. And, uh, they're far more expensive. Uh, so that's a couple of things. The other, the other reason would be because it affects when one section leaves the system, it affects every single other district within their AEA district. As you heard one of the uh, superintendents say that uh, maybe his district wouldn't be so bad off that the smaller district down the road wouldn't have the availability. Um, and they have far fewer dollars to spend and costs far more in the private sector. So there are a lot of issues, but I want to say also that nobody is saying that this is a perfect system. All of education, whether it's the schools or whether it's the AEA, they are not static. They are continually moving forward and looking for better ways to serve our children, and that is what we should always be doing. Uh, this, however, goes too far, and it would be best to not even be in the legislature's hands. It would be best uh, former former uh, Director Tilly, and even former Director Brad Buck mentioned some things about, uh, you know, 
why why wasn't this something that was dealt with years ago through the Department of of Ed if there were issues? But because of all of their reports, you could see that there aren't any issues. There are a few places that maybe they could cut and be more efficient. That's great. Then those are things that should be it should be like a committee meeting. It should be a study where people sit down and figure that out. Let's not legislate this. Let's make sure that the kids receive everything that they should receive and need to receive to do better. Thanks, Senator Donahue. Senator Rosenboom, you can respond to what she was saying there, but I also want to ask you, there were some districts who said they've done the math and they believe they could spend less money to provide the same special education services. But isn't the AEA system designed so that some districts put in a little more than they use so that some of the smaller districts who can't put the same amount of money toward those services can still uh, get the services they need. Yes, Nathan Wood pointed that out. He used the term economy of scale up front. It's a valid point, and it's one of the things that we're looking at. So that's one of the things that personally I've had some discomfort with, and that's why we have to fine-tune the proposal, and then again, that's the amendment process. I don't have the answers for that today, but that's what that's what our process is all about. So we have the uh, we have our ears to the ground. We continue to meet with people. I'll be meeting with groups again later today, and we'll we'll try to sort this out. But in my district, for instance, the, the public school district gets one point one million dollars of money from the AEA that is passed through dollar for dollar to the AEA. And in return, the school district gets a bundle of services, but there's no pricing mechanism. There's no idea. There's no way for them to really determine what the value of the services they get in return for that $1.1 million. We do know, and superintendents tell us, that some of them would like to have more control over those funds. I think that's local control at its finest. Just a couple minutes left. Let's uh, get one more caller in at least. Uh, Lori has been waiting in Iowa City. Lori, we are short of time. I'll ask you to cut to the chase. Ask your question, please. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Um, Two quick points that haven't been brought up yet. One is the fact that the AEAs are currently governed by a board of directors. These are local directors, and that would change. They would go away, that would go away, and they, the, uh, the decisions would then be made by the Department of Education. Um, the AEA boards would be advisory, and we know that there are many cuts already being discussed about cutting advisory boards. That's number one. Number two has to do with the the availability of special education professionals. I have a sense that there isn't an abundance of this kind of expertise and the disruption to the system that's being proposed would probably uh, have these professionals considering other options than working in the state of Iowa. So those are my points. Lori, thank you. Senator Rosenboom, uh, the bill would give a lot more control to the Department of Education. The uh, the current AEA boards would become, they'd be in an advisory role, and the Department of Ed could hire and fire chief administrators. They could um, cancel out certain positions at the AEAs. Um, are you comfortable with the level of control that the Department of Ed would receive in the amended version of the bill? Most Iowans that aren't aware that 
at one time the regulatory control of this did lie with the Department of Education. So it would be a reversion back to a system that, that existed before. So no, uh, do I have concerns about how that all uh, translates during a transition time? Yes, and, and, and we're very open and honest with the, with the executive branch on those concerns. But uh, to me, it doesn't seem like something that uh, leads to cuts or, or those types of things. Again, those words, cuts, dismantling, all of that seems to be part of the conversation when I don't think those are really valid concerns. Uh, so this bill is still live in the Senate. Uh, you're having these conversations. There are some legislative deadlines coming up. So where does that put this bill? Would you advance... Uh, just the amended version to keep it alive in the Senate past next week's funnel. Uh, where does that put things? Well, I, I'm fully aware of the uh, funnel deadlines that we have, the time restraints that we have. And uh, this is why it's hard to sleep sometimes at night when you get these these sort of difficult conversations. But we, we, we will probably, I would hope we will have an amendment before it passes out of the Education Committee itself. But always keep in mind that the legislative process also allows for amendments on the floor. So will we have all the final details worked out? I don't know, but uh, I'm working every day. I, I promised last year, uh, last week at the subcommittee hearing, I'm gonna roll up my sleeves and see if we can okay. figure this out. We have to roll our changed. roll up our sleeves and get out of this program because we've run out of time. Senator Ken Rosenboom, thank you very much. Senator Molly Donahue, thank you as well. On behalf of my co-host Grant Gerlock, thanks for tuning in to this edition.